Justin Walker Show. I'm back today off a one-day break to take care of the baby. You know what I'm saying? I had to do that. But uh, back in the studio with the crew, hit us up on that text line, 704-570-9610. Hit us up on those social medias, at WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram, at Westbryant underscore 72, at Walker Mail, and at HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram as well. Most importantly, the Weston Walker page on Twitter. Hit that follow button. All of the content, you get the war crowds, all that. So you can play it over and over and over again so you can get that. Well, no, I was just going to say I sound like Mitch Kupchak without me doing the impression <laughs> because I have zero juice behind the voice. All That's right. just how it is. Well, I'll just back off. <laughs> it is time to go to the campus. Kona. All right, folks. ACC football starting to heat up, starting to get into the thick of conference play. And so now with the Duke Blue Devils, they could possibly not have Riley Leonard for a while, long while. The report has come out that he's got the high ankle sprain, so he's going to be missing from a team that a lot of people thought was the second best team in the ACC. But with him out of the picture, you would think that Duke will take at least a little bit of a step back. We shall see. That's why they play the games. But the question right now is Miami, the clear-cut number two team at this point. Now, we've got a few teams that can sit into that spot. But right now, the Canes have started the season 4-0 with the 13th best strength of record, 15th best power football index. But they have the 102nd best strength of schedule, even though they did get a win against a ranked Texas A&M. But their schedule is going to get tougher for sure. They lead the ACC in scoring now, 43.8 points per game. The Hurricanes have scored at least 38 points in its first four games for the first time since 2022. But then their defense is balling as well. Miami also running the football. They lead the ACC in rushing, even though they only had a 77-yard performance against Texas A&M. They're averaging 222.5 rushing yards per game. And then defensively, you look at it, they're second in the ACC in scoring defense, 12.5 points per game, allowed 10 points or less in three of his first four games, and they only give up an astonishing 48 rushing yards per game with Leonard Taylor in the middle, housing right now. Are the Canes right now the clear-cut second-best team in the ACC? If you wanted to say they were the second-best team in the ACC, totally fine. Couldn't argue with you a ton. If you want to say they're the clear-cut second-favorite in the ACC, that's where I have a problem. The ACC has four undefeated teams in their conference right now. Yes. And if you've got four undefeated teams, then all of them have a shot to be the second-best because we're all putting Florida State up there at number one, right? Well, okay, Florida State, one of the undefeated teams in the conference. The other two teams, one is Duke which I'm not so sure they're not the second best team in the ACC after they lost to Notre Dame. If they would have rushed even four West, are they undefeated too with monster wins against Clemson and Notre Dame and the other team Clemson still deserves to be in this conversation to a certain degree. Duke beat them. You can have Duke there if you want to, but if we want to go through a whole resume, especially depending on how you view Duke, possibly losing some of these games this upcoming stretch because they don't have their star quarterback, if you want to include that, then maybe you would have Clemson jump above Duke even if the Blue Devils beat Clemson at the beginning of the season. All that to say, the ACC is in a very good position right now. They've got undefeated teams. A couple of teams with a loss or two losses are both highly regarded with what Duke is and what Clemson is. No, I don't think Miami is the clear cut, but it's good for the conference that you have a few options there as to who is the second best team in the ACC. No doubt about it. So now when we also look 
and you talk about the Clemson Tigers, and we've talked about their skill, talent, and what they have and what they don't have, but they may have found their next star receiver. I'm talking about Tyler Brown, and he leads Clemson in receptions with 21. He's got 316 receiving yards and tied for the team lead with two touchdown catches against Syracuse last Saturday. He had nine receptions for 153 yards. He won ACC Rookie of the Week and ACC Receiver of the Week honors. His 153 receiving yards were the most by Clemson true freshman since Justin Ross's 153 yards against Alabama in the college football playoff national championship game to end the 2018 season. And so when you look at this young man, Dabo just raves about him. And he said that it was God's favor. Of course, Dabo would say something like that, <laughs> that it was God's favor that they got this young man because he said they lost out on the recruit that they really, really wanted, and they were able to get him. And he said the last time that that happened, a defensive lineman canceled on them, canceled his commitment, and they got Shaq Lawson. So now with Tyler Brown, he kind of puts you in the mind of the guy whose jersey number he wears. When you talk about Jacoby Ford, talking about a small they're in that 5'11", 180-pound range, but he flies around the football field 15 yards per catch. He's averaging as Clemson found its next star receiver to continue the tradition of wide receiver you. And before you start really quick, okay. uh, Dabble also talked about how Tyler had a basketball background and how all of the great receivers, especially ones that he's had, whether you talk about DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams, all of them have basketball backgrounds. Oh, I like it. So, yes, uh, the the basketball, the sport, is the thing that unleashes star-wide receivers. Um, I think it's a little too little too early to say that they have a star like that, depending on how and how you want to hold him in high regard to some of the other wide receivers that have been first-round picks in you know past NFL drafts, or even a Justin Ross who wasn't selected that high, but it's because he suffered a million injuries. The guy was amazing when he first stepped onto a football field with Clemson. I don't know if you're holding him in that regard. Wes, honestly, I view him as right now a possible wide receiver of the Cade Klubnik level, right? Ooh. So this this is why I mean it, and, okay. and, and maybe better, but right. it, but in that same neighborhood. Let's go. Come on. Well, the reason I say that is because remember how people were trying to make Cade Klubnik, Trevor Lawrence, yes. or Deshaun Watson. He's not, but also in my opinion, he's better than a Kelly Bryant throwing the football and a DJU. So if Cade is in that happy medium area then maybe that's where Tyler Brown is. Maybe Brown isn't a DeAndre Hopkins, a Sammy Watkins, Justin Ross, T. Higgins. Maybe he's not that, but he's better than Bo Collins, right? He's better than Antonio Williams and some of these other wide receivers that haven't lived up to the hype that we thought they would come in with the season. And so that's where I put him. I think maybe there is that similarity between the quarterback throwing him the football. Maybe he's in the territory wide receiver-wise as Kate Klubnik is quarterback-wise. Well, I'm going to push back on you and say that I definitely think that this young man is a star in the making. When you watch him play, man, he is explosive out there on the football field. The big diving catch he had against FSU. Uh, you love a lot of what you see from this kid. He's got the speed. I mean, I know coming out of high school, uh, I know he was clocked at four at a four four forty. He's getting it done out there. And with that big game that he had uh, against Syracuse, I think this is just the start of Clemson finding their next star. I think maybe 
you might be hating on a young man because of oh, the size. Oh, I'm not think, trying to do I, that. I think the fact that he's not 6'3", 220, you might uh, not want to include can him I, in the wide receiver can, you argue. Can I see more than two games with <laughs> over 80 yards? Can I see more than two? No I'm doubt. not trying to be a hater. I hope that I'm proven big time wrong. I just want to see a little bit more. No doubt. I just want to see more. You know that. I got to give you a hard time. And so now uh, going don't over know to, this to me. Fitty in the back of the room, this may perk his ears up a little bit. It may not be something he's not familiar with, but North Carolina right now, you look at this team, their offensive line starting to struggle a little bit as they get into the meat of their schedule. Over the last couple of games, they've seen a drop in production running the football. This was a team that ran for a combined 487 yards and wins against South Carolina and App State, but over the last two games, they've had 182 total rushing yards. They ran for 77 yards in the last game, their ACC opener versus Pittsburgh, and they've given up seven sacks across the last two games. Drake Mann sitting there, five touchdowns, four interceptions on the season, which could be a byproduct. And they've played against some really good run defenses, but they've also had injuries along their offensive line as well. Uh, Willie Lampkin graded out as North Carolina's highest-rated offensive lineman, according to PFF, and is the third-highest-rated player on the offense behind Drake May and Omarion Hampton. So they will definitely be uh, looking for him because he's missed some time this season and he participated in UNC's practice on Sunday. So they'll see if they can get him back out there. But through four games this year, North Carolina has played four linemen over 50 percent of its total offensive snaps. Center Corey Gaynor and right tackle Spencer Harlem, Spencer Rowland logged all 303 snaps on this season. But eight different linemen have made appearances in the last two games, in at least two games, excuse me. So uh, is the Carolina offensive line fitting something to be concerned about going forward? I don't think so because you got a quarterback that's more than capable of overcoming. That's always the answer. You know, a, a, a offensive line. And I, I think, look, you look at the issues they had running the ball the last two games, you played against two of the best defensive lines you're going to see all year long. You, you, we knew going in you weren't going to be able to run the ball. If they can't move Virginia around in a couple weeks, if they can't move Georgia Tech around, then I'll say they'll be able to run the ball. Hell, if they can't move Syracuse around on Saturday, I'll come back here on Monday and say, you know what, I'm a little bit concerned. But no, I, I, I think they've got the right the right mix up there up front. And when they need to be able to run the ball, they'll be able to. Hey, I know you're shaking your head. I don't know if I completely disagree with Fitty, though. Why are you shaking your head with Fitty talking about how he's not worried with Drake May and the schedule they have coming up? Not as daunting as some of these other ACC schools. Uh, because you should be worried because the offensive line is the backbone of every offense. And we see sure. now, even with the quarterback here, if the offensive line isn't playing good, it doesn't matter who you've got back there. And so that's the thing. They're not running a football ball as well something they wanted to get to supplement Drake made to help make the game easier on him that's starting to fall to the wayside and then when you talk about the sacks that they've been giving up as well because eventually they're going to play a team that's got the offense that can score with them and so if your offensive line isn't giving you what you need and you can get Carolina off the field keep Drake May on the sidelines I think that could be something that could pop up down the line you've got the third best total defense and Syracuse coming in this yeah, week. Yeah, Syracuse defense, you're right. Like that, even if you're just looking at the kind of schedule that they're going up against, if you compare it to the other ACC teams, not, it might not be 
as daunting, but Syracuse defense, they're the playing well. And the number two sack team in the ACC and coming in, 3.2 sacks a game. They also gave up 31 points at home to a Clemson offense that isn't as good as Carolina's. Uh, their offensive line is way better than y'all. Is their quarterback as good as ours? No. Is no, their running back talent as deep as ours? No. Is their wide receiver room as good as ours? No, no, and no. <laughs> well, how has Shadour Sanders, uh, you know, looked at times against good teams with that offensive line? Not Shador. very good. Yeah. How the hell do we get to Boulder, Colorado, no, and Shador I'm Sanders? Saying that you can have a phenomenal quarterback back there, but if your offensive line up front isn't playing well, that negates all of that. Well, I mean, look, it's not like Drake May didn't experience this a little bit last year. The offensive line. And they went 0 4. It won good. No, I know, but they also had eight wins. So you're right. It doesn't nine. mean that you. They also had nine wins. You can't. I'm not saying that it's not going to be a little bit of a problem, but while guys are hurt, like Drake May, I'll take him over a lot of quarterbacks to help us deal with this, right? Like, it, yeah, of course a good offensive line is going to help you. Like, I don't know if there's a black and white answer saying, oh, now they're really doomed because the offensive line is a little banged up. I will take Drake May over a lot of quarterbacks, maybe except for two, and you could even argue Drake oh, May over everyone. Oh, have behind so, the line. So, so if sure. your offensive line and what had been a better running game, but when the running game wasn't working, you know what they did? They put the football in Drake May's hands, and now mm-hmm. he's throwing for 300 and 400 yards. Mm-hmm. When they face a better offense, no doubt, you're hoping that the offense that they've been able to see through the first four games continues to show up. But, man, it's it's better than what it was last year. Defensively, they're better. It's not a high bar, but they're better. The offensive line, at least when they're out there, they're better than what they were last year. And we'll see if North Carolina can ride that momentum going forward. All right, and then we'll see if you guys one day respect what the offensive line. I tried to put Christian Darius on number two, and you poo pooed it. You poo pooed it.